Thanks for joining us again. Jared and myself with a little bit of a slasher movie side film. Jared with uh, 1989's Intruder. A little bit of news before we get into this. I just wanted to raise a couple of things. I've been floating around the news for a little bit. Um, first things first, though, um, I believe they released the first couple of photos of the new I Know What You Did Last Summer. Correct. TV series. Mm-hmm. Jared. Obviously, it looks very in keeping with the film. Yep. Based on what I could see and based on the little bit of tidbits that they provided, it's very much like the film, not like the book, which we both recently read. Mm. I My hope is that with a little bit more time and a little bit more, you know, what are we talking, probably 10 episodes here? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they many. They can expand but, on it. Yeah. I'm hoping they've got a yeah. I'm hoping they've got a, a meaty story to expand on though, because both the the movie and the the book were pretty pretty slim in that regard. Well, maybe you can give you can build character more. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, that was what I mean. That was what we spoke about with the book. So the book did a little bit of a better yeah. job than with with someone like Ray, for example, than it than the the movie was able to. Well, Jared, I mean, he got a letter. For <laughs> yeah. sake, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he got a letter saying, "He got a letter <laughs> saying uh, you won't be, your services won't be required for further films if you keep this up." <laughs> <laughs> no, but the problem is, Jim Gillespie was at the helm, so he didn't get that letter. <laughs> Jim just let him fucking do what he wanted. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. You know, you know. Uh, see my <laughs> detox episode for my thoughts on you. <laughs> Big fan. Shit. Oh, huge, huge fan. Um, uh, oh, look, I've actually got high hopes for it. I believe James Wan is involved. Is that? Yeah, not I think correct? he's in the producing side of things. Um, right, so he walked past. Someone said, "Are you interested in this?" Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone said, you, "Someone said, can we chuck your name on this so someone will buy it?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a. Do you want to come past the set, James? Do you want to get? You can't come and have a look at the set. No, 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 mate. I got, no, I got nothing else. I got other things to do. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we'll give you a bit of cash if you I do. I hope. That- I think that's. Uh, I think that's how they how they got it made. I'm hoping you had a little bit of involvement. A little bit of sort of shepherding things in in particular directions because he's the sort of guy that you trust with with this sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm tempering my expectations, but I'm hoping it's it's good. And I believe it comes out the same time as I think it's around the same time as the Candyman movie. So okay, we'll have a couple of things to check out later on this month. Good, good, good. My other piece of news is um, two-pronged. Seems like a f- uh, number of actors are suing suing studios mm. <laughs> yeah. over profits yep. to film. Carly Johansson has really sort of stuck the boot in saying, well, you know, my contract said you were going to release it theatrically, yeah, only theatrically. And and that's cost me money. I don't, actually, Scarlett, I hate to say it, but I think it hasn't cost you anything because. It wasn't going to make the money in the cinemas. Well, I mean that's debatable. Like, it's all about. Well, it's not going to make the kind of money they anticipated. I don't think because of the pandemic. Yeah, I know. I I get that, but I I guess it's sort of. And I think that's the big thing, right? It's it's the pandemic more than the home release. I think the home release 
I think you're right. In the situation, the home release probably did close the gap a little bit more because, yeah, this, the, the situation is that, that it's just not going to be normal cinema dollars because no one was going out to the movies. But what I, what I read, Jared, is that they, that was factored in, the home release. Mm. You know, they were saying the home release dollars are part of it. Well, We're my, not trying to screw you. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't go deep into it, but I thought the issue was that there was incentives or, or money tied to what was made in theaters, and that that is compromised. Mm. That that's not that the the money made on Disney Plus didn't count into those those dollars yeah. that we're. I don't we're know the ins I'm not a lawyer, but. I don't know, mate. It's 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 extreme look, circumstances. If that's the case, look. If, if that's what if that's what's going on, if they're saying we made this much money, but only this much of it was in theaters, which which covers your contract, then that's probably a bit of an issue. But if it's just that the well, total figure, that, but if it's just that the total figure that that she that they were anticipating in a normal release wasn't made, then that's that's kind of every movie at the moment. Hmm. So it's, Look, yeah, it's, it's difficult times. I think Emma Stone was going to jump on board too, wasn't she? Same situation was with, she? with Cruella. Well, she was considering options, I think. Gerard Butler is also doing similar. Over Olympus Has Fallen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, okay, that, that, that's as far as, as far as I'll go on that one. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't read. I didn't read into that one, but I, I too, I had to chuckle. I don't, I don't dislike the bloke, but I just I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of his movies. I, I, he's one of these guys where he got into this headlining kind of role yeah. for a bit, where people just think you stick Gerard Butler in a movie and everyone's turning up, and I don't think that was ever the case. Oh, mate, it's look, no disrespect to Gerard, but he's a shit peddler. <laughs> he's, he's, his films are crap. Like, they are crap. Like, I can't believe that the Olympus Has Fallen series has, has got three films. No, neither can I. The first one was okay, but it was nothing out, outstanding. Hmm. It made a bit of money. Obviously, Gerard didn't get enough of it, and has recently reassessed ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw Jesus. that one that he I saw that one that he was headlining on Amazon about an asteroid or whatever. Honestly, thirty seconds into the trailer, I was just like, "Oh God, I couldn't do it." You do realise that was made by the same dildos who made fucking Godzilla and Independence Day. I had an inkling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no surprise. It's a fucking disaster film, <laughs> dickheads. <laughs> Every five years, these guys dust off a script that they've had in their fucking pocket for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. And some idiot executive goes, "Oh yeah, I'll take it." Was oh, that man. was it called Greenland or something? Ah, uh, yeah, or something G- like was that. Geo Storm. Geo Storm. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> No, I was, yeah, I didn't no, thanks, that Gerard. Way. I mean, that was, again, yeah. I, I wouldn't have had to pay for it. I already have Amazon, but I wasn't doing it. <laughs> I wasn't going anywhere near it. <laughs> and are you, are you putting yourself anywhere near Paramount Plus? Greenland. Greenland's the one. He did Greenland Green. and Geostorm, didn't he? <laughs> so Geostorm, you should be giving me money, Gerard, you yeah, prick. <laughs> Geostorm was in 2017. Greenland is the one that went to Amazon. 
that was yeah. Oh my god. No, no yeah. Nah, I wasn't doing it. <sighs> you said you were circling. Are you circling Paramount Plus? No, I didn't say I was circling. I was just sitting there going, like, how do you expect us to fork out for another one? The idea mm, of getting all the for me? the idea of getting all the streaming services and and that sort of thing was that you know you're still paying less than something like Foxtel, but you've got all the content and everything. Well, now. It's getting Sooner to the or point later, where you're going to be you, paying more than Foxtel. Well, if you get them all, you are going to be paying more. Like, so I, Paramount Plus, I have left, and I, I won't be getting on it until they offer me something that I need. Unfortunately for them, they've they've loaded up with things like The Dark Knight and you know DC movies and, and that sort of stuff. And I'm I've already got I, I own those because I'm a DC fan, so that's not going to get me over the line. Mm. The original series aren't going to do it for me either. Well, the thing is, it's like Apple Apple TV. Was it Apple TV? Yeah. Is that their streaming yeah. knob? Yeah. It's, when they put it out, we were offered it for free, yeah. I think. Yeah. As part of your Apple phone. Yes, yeah. And I just looked at it and I was like, morning wars and shit like that, and I was just like, no, thanks. Well, I currently no. have I currently have it. Um, I I ditched, I did the same thing. I got I got offered it. When I bought a new iPad, I got twelve months free, and I just I said, nah, I don't, I don't think I need it. So I just never signed up. And then someone else in the family updated their iPad, so I took it on then. But I can honestly yep. say I haven't watched a thing. We've had it for about three months, and I haven't watched anything on it. <laughs> so <laughs> the only one that well, was the only one that free. was half grabbing me was Amazing Stories, and then I read a little bit into it, and the reviews all said it just. Doesn't doesn't come close to the original one, so I didn't I didn't go for it. Yeah, there was a show on it that I like, sort of liked the look of, but again, I wasn't prepared to pay however much a month. And it was about a, um, it was called Home After Dark, I think. Hmm. About a little girl who um, investigates a murder. I can't remember the full details of it, but I remember seeing that and thinking that might be all right. And then I was like, nah. I've had a look at the Apple TV range and it just wasn't doing anything for me. No, there wasn't much there. Yeah. And I think Paramount Plus might be a bit the same. <laughs> the only thing that I could uh, say that might end up getting us there is they've got some of the kids' series that I might perhaps grab it for a month or two just to let the kids watch watch some of that. Because yeah. I think they, they've got the new SpongeBob stuff, with, which my kids enjoy, so I might chuck it on for a month or two to let them watch that, and then that'll I'll probably can it after that. Yeah. This movie, of course, was on Tubi, Jared. So not a single dollar spent. Mm, that's right. <laughs> best price, for, best price you can get, I'd say. Yeah. Although you do have to wade wade through the muck to find some of it. Oh, I noticed they had, as I was wading through the muck to get to this film, I noticed they had a Tubi original on there. Did they? <laughs> oh, shit. I didn't know they were making originals. <laughs> it was a romance. <laughs> I laughed for a second, then I just moved on. <laughs> uh, I also noticed they um, they seem to be uh, they seem to be pushing a little bit of smart on Tubi. <laughs> they? Yeah. I saw a couple of little... I was, you know, flicking through it, and you know, I stumbled across some of these little soft core things. I'm like, what? 
What's this doing on here? <laughs> right, right, right. It's okay. like when you. It's I like the, we'll start watching TV today. <laughs> it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's like the old days of the video store. I've, I've accidentally just wandered down yeah. an aisle and gone, oh shit. No, this was here, but I'll have a, I'll have a little look. <laughs> back in the old days, it was in a small room. At the back. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that was the that was the um the real sort of heavy stuff. I'm talking about you know the oh like, you know when you went on to you know Civic Video or something like that, and you got the old Shannon Tweed films just sitting on the shelf somewhere. Oh right, yes, yes. I yeah. think that's the kind of stuff they're pushing up. on you, there. You, you, you picked him up and had a look just to see what it was. Is that what you're talking about? Oh yeah, you picked this up and said, "Oh, is there anyone I know in this? I better just have a look at the back cover Shit. just to check." Yeah, Mirror Images Four. Give us a look. I'll have a, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. Uh, there was the funny thing about my old video store is there was a a, a little room full of smut. Yeah. And there was a little room full of Betamax. So if you walked into the wrong room, you got a fucking eyeful. <laughs> and if you owned Beta, you got treated like some sort of. Um, Cretan, when you walked in, you got to go into a little room. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, where's the beta section? Yeah. Head to the back. <laughs> yeah, the good darkened, old uh, darkened corners, mate. The good old top video used to have a little, a little curtained off room too. Very, very small. <laughs> of, of beta max or smart? <laughs> <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer to 1989's Intruder. Good evening, all my leg shoppers. It's closing time. The store will be closing in 15 minutes. But the night crew still has work to do. Oh, my God, we're going to get in so much trouble. Because there's one last customer who isn't satisfied. No, this creep keeps calling her. He's driving us nuts. Leave me alone. He wants to slash their prices. Who's there? He wants to cut their inventory. You're crazy! In fact, he wants to chop until they all drop. I saw him kill Linda. And now, he's turning their retail store... There's going to be one more killing here tonight. ...into a wholesale slaughterhouse. Intruder from 1989, directed by Scott Spiegel, who directed Hostel Part 3. It's produced by Lawrence Bender, who produced Pulp Fiction. And the story is by Scott Spiegel and Lawrence Bender. The screenplay is by Scott Spiegel. It stars Elizabeth Cox as Jennifer Ross, Renee Estevez as Linda, Sam Raimi as Randy, and Bruce Campbell as Officer Howard. There was no box office. I couldn't find any box office. I'm going to assume this went direct to video. And at one point in the pre-production stage, Toby Hooper was originally set to direct it. My thoughts on Intruder. On Intruder, sorry. Look, they squeeze a hell of a lot out of an extremely small budget. 
Like 130k in 89, not a lot of money, right? And it actually delivers some really cool shots and, and some pretty, some really good gore. Unfortunately, the budget limitations mean that things like acting and music and credible fight scenes and things like that just aren't sort of there and the pacing is way off. But overall, I'll say it's a pretty pretty good try for a movie of this budget and calibre. It's it's a step above a lot of that lower rent sort of schlocky shit that was coming out in the 80s. So I'd give it a two and a half, I'd say. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What's your take? I agree for the most part. I think they squeeze everything out of it. As you said, things like the music are pretty noticeable that there's there's not a lot going on there. I don't actually think no. the pacing was, was much of an issue. I actually think it was just that the... The story was kind of like the way Thin. that we get focused on one one guy for a while and nothing really happens other than him kind of roaming around outside Wandering the around. store. Um, and then obviously, you know, going into spoilers again, when that plays out as expected and he's not he's not the guy. Yeah. We spent all this time setting him up when we kind of knew that wasn't wasn't much going to happen. So as a result, the kills don't start until about it's like about half an hour in. Fifty I think. minutes in, I think. Or forty minutes in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Than that. yeah. Well, it's yeah. and and that's where I think the issue is. I don't necessarily think it's the pacing of the 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 film itself. I think the the just the writing of or getting trying to tie this trying to tie this stuff together and trying to trying to fool us with it. When it was pretty under- I guess maybe, underdeveloped, Jared, anyway. Yeah, maybe the not pacing, but maybe they could have spaced the kills better. Well, yeah, that's Put probably a couple of them up front. Yeah, that's probably where it, where it, where it was hurt for me is that, that the writing yeah. seemed to spend all this time trying to set this guy up. So I guess on the screen that that does does come through at how the film kind of works through what we're expecting. So, yeah. so it, it, it drags it, a fair bit for I the can, start. Yeah, I can see why you're putting it in the sort of pacing department, but I actually think it's more of a writing thing. Like, it just... We spent so much time with this, this stuff at the start. But once that's gone and we start getting the kills... Yeah, it's, it's oh yeah. It basically just does nothing but that. It's nothing but the stalking. It's not. There's no. There's no more character work at all. It's just kind of the, the stalking and of the, the people inside the store. I appreciated that shit too. Yeah, like, they did some. I think once we really got to the things. gore and the kills, I think we did some really good things. And um, and and it, that, those set pieces were good. Yeah, definitely a few quite inventive ones. And Scott Spiegel just seems to do this stuff when he's directing. He tries to be a little bit creative with the shots and tries to do things that are a little bit different. Sometimes they come off as a bit yeah. goofy, like, for example, when, you know, you, you're shooting Sam Raimi through his, the glad wrap that he's rolling and things like that. But other times it's it's pretty nifty, and there's a few examples in this yeah. one. As you said, what they managed to squeeze out of the, the gore with however they managed to get Greg Nicotero and Robert Kurtzman and those guys doing the effects. Mm. Obviously, they were young and just starting out as well. Yeah, but that stuff's awesome, and I think right up to the end, it's it's a lot of fun. But unfortunately, it, as you said, it, it takes a little while to warm past that that setup story that that seemed to be that they were trying to throw us off the scent when it never really did. 
Yeah, agreed. So I think I I actually settled on a three. I I really enjoy it when it gets going. I think it's it's a pretty good example of a of a uh, cheap little slasher slasher film. Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. First cab out off the rank for likes. The FX are outstanding, and and it's such a luxury to have a really good effects crew who, as you say, they would have been starting out. But they had done some stuff, I think, prior to this. Mm. Like, they weren't sort of sort of rookies. They, they had done some work. So they obviously had connections with Spiegel and, and Raimi and those guys. Yeah. And the work they produce is excellent. You yeah, know, I actually for a think... a cheap movie like this, they would get paid a pittance and yeah. they would have, they, they've done a fantastic job. A couple of really memorable kills. Basically something like the guy getting done with the slicer is hmm. is like you probably don't even bother with it unless you've got guys like this that can that can produce what they did. Hmm. So, yeah, their their work was probably the best thing about it when you look back and weigh it all up. I think it's it, it probably puts it in a tier above what it would have been without their, their sort of work in there. Yeah, and look, we talked about this in the Friday episode. That visceral stuff is important. I'm not saying that, you know, I want to see gore for gore's sake, but when, you do it, when you're going to do it, do it pretty full on, and this movie does that. You take the full yeah. on gore out of this, it's, it's a shell. Yeah. And I think when it you first got released, to at that end. I think when it first got released, it did have a lot of that stuff cut out, which is why it became one of these ones that people discovered a little bit later. Because yeah. I believe a lot of it was cut. So, which, which, yeah, it obviously, I'm the same as you. I'm not, I'm not a gore hound or anything like that. I don't need, I don't need to see these gruesome sort of things. But the effects are important because they they do give you a little bit of a shock shock factor, a bit of a jolt. And and they definitely add, and as as you said, it's it's for 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 certain people, it's it's a buzz to to see what they've managed to produce with very little money. And you're thinking, you know, how do they how do they squeeze it out of that? How did they achieve it? Like like as we've said before, like a magic trick. Hmm. Yeah, great. So it's very important to have it in this film, and it, it does it sort of lifts the game of the film tremendously. Like that back half is where all of the stuff happens and it, it, it works really well. Definitely. You, you, you touched on, on Spiegel's directorial stuff. There's a couple of really, really interesting shots. One in particular that starts off with the, um, the camera inside the uh, trolley. Yeah. And it's rolling along and he, they put some, you know, cereal in there. Yep. Then you've got the one through the phone. Mm-hmm. And then there's one from beneath the floor where she's sweeping. Yeah, yep. Lots of good ones there. Uh, there's there's a number of really interesting shots. And normally I'd say, well, you know, maybe it's a little bit over the top, but when you're working on such a small budget and you've, you don't really have a heap of things to fall back on, you have to try and sort of jazz it up a little. And I think he does that yeah. for the most part. Like when they start bringing it into the kills or into the stalking stuff, it actually works really well. Like I think the the best example is the the kill of the um, part owner of the store, where it's shot through the mm. bottle. It starts off through yes. the bottle and then he lifts it up and then he puts it back down yeah. just as the killer comes in, and it's what's used to obscure the killer. 
and that's then followed up by the spilling spilling the blood on the light. And like you said, it's just those little touches that are that are pretty memorable. They they add a little bit of atmosphere to the scene, and like that's something that I haven't necessarily seen before. Like we've seen killers obscured in different ways in the film, but to have it shot through a bottle that essentially kind of warps what you can see, I thought that was excellent. Just to say, uh, you I believe had a similar like in the Prom Night remake, where they used a glass. Hmm. There you to go. obscure the killer. Yes. So, yeah, they must have learned something from I think perhaps I 1989's just, Intruder. Perhaps I just liked <laughs> that I didn't have to see some of the film for a bit. It was just obscured <laughs> by something. I didn't have to watch any of it. Yeah that's, yeah, that's probably true. There's also a really cool one of that guy who's watching, is it Jennifer? Mm-hmm. Is the main girl? Yeah. And she, that bloke comes up and they start kissing down at the... At the registers? Yeah, yeah. And old mate's watching him, watching the them beard, do through it the fridge. through the <laughs> fridge. Yeah, through the fridge. And, of course, he's going, ooh, ah, like it's something scandalous. Like, like, like he's just discovered the, like he's just discovered the um, curtained room at the back of the video store. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's walked into the Betamax room. <laughs> um, but... He leaves his post, and then they show the same point of view shot, mm. and then he appears. Yeah, yeah. In front of it, and then you realise the point of view is actually the killer. The killer. That was excellent. Yeah, I thought that was a really, really nifty, nifty shot. Yeah, and um, I think and a that's a very nice way to do it. I think that's where that's where I appreciate the the creative touches that Spiegel's trying to to work with because. As we said, once the kills start, there's not much else going on. So it's not hanging mm. on the story. It's got to be the kills and it's got to be the, the the drama that's that's created by the stalk and, stalk and slash. And he does it really well. And that's that was a prime example. I actually really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, agreed. The rest of the, the likes for me... Oh, no, actually, no, no. Uh... You picked up one of my likes, which was the shot of the the owner of the store being killed through the alcohol bottle, mm. which I thought was great. Actually filming in a proper supermarket, just give it a bit of atmosphere, the nooks and crannies of an actual supermarket, because these guys would have been forced to do this. They wouldn't have been able to do it in a on a set or... Because, yeah. you know, you have to dress that and you have to do all those things. So work, doing it in the actual supermarket... Grounded in a little bit of reality because it was a legitimate place. Yeah. And everything had to be fit in amongst all that. They used it really well, like the, the creative kills that they got out of what was in the place. Mm. But not only that, but when they dar- when the store goes dark, for example, they managed to build a nice little, nice little atmosphere in there. It is quite spooky when you see him running across the... Um, yeah, checkouts the, and things uh, like that across the yeah. registers. I thought that stuff looked really cool, and I also liked that they they seem to have got a hold of one where it looked like, or however they'd shot it, there was just one one little door, one door into the place. Yeah. So you could actually buy that some yeah. of this shit was going on with no one else kind of um, coming into the place, being aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they did a really good job there. It was a yeah, you know, it was a perfect location for them. Yeah. And it works out quite nicely. And as I said, like, you know, they were shooting at night and the store was opening in the morning, you know? Yeah. So that's, again, a little bit of that guerrilla filmmaking, doing it cheap and cheery, but finding a place to to set a slasher film. 
Yep. That's not nor- the norm. And I think that it worked out quite well. Yeah, not only that, but as somebody who worked in a su- supermarket, they actually kind of nailed a couple of things about it. Like, the you know, everyone carrying their little box cutters, accidentally mm. cutting fucking bags open when you when you cut the box open and shit like that. The fresh produce guys cutting things up out the back, the box crusher. Like, I remember all that shit from the supermarket that I worked in. Yeah. So seeing that yeah. in there, I was like... That that kind of hit home a little bit. It was because I looked at it and I said, "Well, they didn't really stretch too far. They didn't really stretch it. Obviously, the the special effects and the way that people are killed is where they stretch the reality of it. But as you said, it, they've mm. grounded it because, you know, as for me, I can see some of my own experiences in what they put together there. Yeah, the rest of my likes were were deaths. Yeah, Ivan Ramey copping a very large knife in the top of the head. Just quietly, though, he was listening. I would have put a knife into my fucking head if I had to listen to that same song over and yeah. over and over again. <laughs> I think you're getting mixed up again, mate. That one was that was Ted, wasn't it? Oh, Ted, sorry. Ted. Oh, Ivan's the producer one that we were debating whether he actually existed and then decided, yes, he did. And oh. I think he's on the production side of things, isn't he? Ted. Ted. Ted copped it in the Ted head. Ted And then Sam Ted copped was it in actually... The head. He quite- Sam was the Sam other, was the other one in there. Yeah, he copped it in the in under the net under the chin. Yeah, with the that song meat though. Yeah, as you said, I mean, fuck, we're led to believe the bloke listens to the same song for a fucking solid hour. <laughs> Holy shit! I'd have cut my own throat. <laughs> <laughs> Not only the same song, but it seems to be the same section of the song for the fucking entire time he's on the he's in the movie. And I'm pretty sure I've heard that on an ad for a Canberra business mm. recently. So I had definitely heard. Jesus Christ! I had definitely yeah, heard. It's it's probably a you know it's a, what do they call it public domain. Yeah. Piece of music. Yep. But Jesus, Ted, turn the tape over for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got the same song on the other side too. <laughs> <laughs> Must have yeah, been a it's single. It's a yeah, he's constantly <laughs> flipping. <laughs> but he would have had one of those um, really fancy Walkmans where you could just click a button and it'd flip it over. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah, ones? I remember them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Great stuff. Crushing that bloke's head in the hydraulic press. <laughs> That was a personal favourite of mine. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Shit goes everywhere too. Yeah. Blood and gore and guts and it's just everywhere. I even appreciated like the ones when it was pretty straight down the line, the guy that ends up getting stabbed and he... And just sits down on the beer cans? Yeah, yeah. And so the beer cans start gushing along with the blood. So you kind of get this red yeah. kind of spray of shit going everywhere. That's I thought that was kind of cool. Again, just a nice little touch that yeah. was that just sort of built the ex- excitement of the scene a little bit more than it would have been if it was just just a straight down the line kill. Yeah, and of course the bloke getting his head sawn in half. <laughs> yeah, that was it's a real showstopper. That one. That was top of the pile. Probably it was very yeah. interesting. That and one. And it was <laughs> nasty as hell. Yeah, and it looks pretty convincing. Yeah, for the most Still. part, it's pretty solid. And especially, like, I think those guys, I think I read somewhere, those the, the three um, effects guys got 700 bucks each, which I think also covered the materials that they needed to, to put that shit together. Jesus. 
Wow, they must have. They probably must have been using stuff out of their own pocket. Mm. I don't know how um, they how they, they would have done their it. Their own materials. But, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, pretty, it's pretty impressive, impressive for whatever whatever they did. I really like that bit where she's in the meat locker and she's hiding. Yeah. And the camera sort of pans up. You see the feet. And the camera pans up, and there's just a bloke's legs with all his guts piled on top of it. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. All oh, right. I mean, I also... Look, I mean, on, along the same lines, I had a bit of a chuckle when Sam Raimi finds a hand that's been packaged up like one of the store products in the, in the locker as well. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's it's got a little bit of that sense of humour that those guys are known for, like that that comes through a, a few times. It's not quite as, as apparent as, as in... The Evil Dead movies, but you can definitely see a little no. bit of that sense of humour there. Yeah, yeah. And they find that pair of feet in the toilet stall. <laughs> yeah. And the bloke's like, oh, "Good work with the the pigs, pigs feet." I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, "Have a good hard look at them, mate." Yeah. <laughs> a large what fucking... fucking pig wears a size nine, you dildo? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> When she slides off that shoot thing that they keep showing mm. throughout, yep. and old mate's been chopped in half and dumped in a bin, and it says half off. <laughs> of course, I giggled. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. That's what we're looking for. Comic gold. Yep. Comic genius. And finding that guy's sawn in half head in the beer cooler was another one. Yeah. Yeah, they used it to to solid impact those uh, those little bits there because as as we said, it's still it's still where not a hell of a lot is happening outside of the stalk and slash. That's got it's got it down to one on one basically, and it's similar yeah. to when we got you know speaking about the Friday the Thirteenth we watched where Tina walks through that the, you know a handful of bodies that have just been pinned up to the trees and stuff. It's just her. Walking in on something that gives her a bit of gives her a reason to scream and gives the audience a bit of a shock, but I thought again, given price, given constraints, they did a fairly good job of it. In a way, what I liked about it was you're reusing the materials, right? So you only had so much money for gore, like yeah. you only had so much you could do. Yep. So what you're doing is you're showing us the aftermath again. Mm. So it's another, it's other gore sequences but they don't change the materials that have already been used. So I appreciate what they did there, you know. Like it's, it's, it's you know, that's, that's, that's stretching your dollar. If it you, is. If you're giving three FX men 700 bucks each. Yep, absolutely. I actually, they, they got away with one quite nice scare for me. I mean, I didn't jump out of my seat. I clutched the, the side of the couch not briefly. Quite, not quite a stress shit. <clears throat> no, 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 no. I may have heard a brief, <laughs> but, but, but that was it. And that have, could have just been gas. May have touched, <laughs> touched a bit of cloth. No. <laughs> no. Come on. It didn't even get out of the colon. Like, right, it, okay. it, it, yeah, it was, yeah it, it was kept firmly in check. But she's in the aisle and she's hiding up against it. Yeah. And then he comes bashing over the top. Yep. And knocks all the cereal out of the way. Yes, and then it was look. It, it, it was cheap, Jack, but it worked. It was cheap, but then you know it was again. They used what they had, and I believe he copped a jar of wheat germ to the forehead for his troubles after that. Yes, yes. 
He grabs her by the hair. Yes, that's right. He is, of course, fucking Jason Voorhees because he lifts her off the ground. That's <laughs> right. Well, you know, when you've been lifting boxes of boxes of groceries for 10 years, you, you tend to build up yeah. superhuman muscle. A little bit of forearm strength. <laughs> yeah. And, look, he looked like the kind of guy who flogs himself off pretty regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and he's a double-hander, oh. for sure. <laughs> he, 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 changes, he changes heads, so to speak. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether you would have got the same entertainment out of this as I did, but the killer beating up Craig with somebody else's head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent <All> stuff. Right. <laughs> Especially the, the sound effects work because it's given this dull thud every time he hits him. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, that was great stuff. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I also liked the little gag where he cops the cleaver in the hand. Yes. Real Friday the 13th style one. It yep. goes right down the middle of his hand. Yeah, very um, cool. Yeah, classic. It pr- probably would have just been a, you know, had a hole in it. Because mm. he already had blood all over his hand, so it worked out really nicely. Yeah. And my last like is, it's always good to see Bruce Campbell and his charisma. Of and course. And his chin. Of course. Rock up on the scene at the end. Yeah, it's always nice to see him. I mean, he doesn't look like the best of cops. And the other cop, which I believe is Lawrence Bender. Oh, fuck. He's a prick. Yeah, yeah. He he's starts... constantly going, shut up, and yeah, pulling yeah. hair and pushing people around. And he's one of these ones that just kind of grabs him by the back and gives him a bit of a, it's like the old jumper punch almost. <laughs> just keeps giving him a little bit of a shove. And yeah, a... he gives him a bit of a jiggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good work. Very good work there. Yeah. Anything else from you? Oh, I only had one that we sort of went past, but the initial phase where they think Craig's in a store, and you see the mm. owner and a few other people kind of walking around just checking things out. But the owner walking around checking for danger and the payoff being he walks into the toilet cubicle and flushes the flushes the crapper with a kind of grimace <laughs> on his <Yeah>. face. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, you know what? I've done that myself <laughs> several times in the yeah. last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was a fucking filthy prick. I imagine that was the look on your face when you stumbled into Building 10 uh, University. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, no, no. That was... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh, even man. get a look on my face. I was almost in heaving. Oh, but, yeah, that was, that, again, that little bit of sense of humour. I think it was... It was, it was uh, very purposeful that they kind of, you've got this this music kind of trying to heighten the tension and then he kind of just walks into the toilet stall and goes, yeah, and flushes the toilet. I'm just like, yeah, yeah right, I, 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 I share that humour, so I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. It resonates. It does, it does. All right, so dislikes. The music is... I mean, it sounds like it's been done on a Casio keyboard that's <laughs> yeah. not tuned correctly. And it's, and it just a, sounds really tinny. And there's a couple of times where it goes from, it, it seems to go from uh, trying to be eerie to then all of a sudden you get this burst of almost fucking circus music or something. Like it's, <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, it's not, it's not great. Not great. No, nah, it's not. It's probably one of the, the least, like, I would have scaled the music back. 
Because when you're working with 130K, you need to be very, very shrewd about what you do. Yeah. Now, something like Halloween, okay, that was a bit more money, 250 but Carpenter was doing the music himself. Like, he was a musician, so he was getting paid a fee, and he was also doing music. So you're not paying someone. I don't think whatever this guy was paid, he should have given it back. <laughs> okay. Because it, it was a real low point. Yeah, it wasn't the film. Uh, it was, it definitely stood out. Yeah. Now, we talked about pacing, and I think you might be correct. It's more about how they structured the story and the writing. I would have liked to see the kill space better. Yeah. Bring the one to the forefront a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Classic slasher stuff, you know, knock someone over in the first five minutes. Yeah. Something like that. It gets better once the gore happens, but it's almost 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Before someone is killed. Yep. And, you know, like the Punisher making rent, Jared, I don't want to see people fucking stocking shelves. Like, if I want to do that, I'll go down to my local Coles at 10 p.m. Yeah, look, you wanted <laughs> you, know? you wanted a bit of that because that's what they were doing, but I'm talking like minimal, very minimal. Uh, a montage. A montage, that's right. You know what they're doing. And then the the other times you see it should be like when, you know, the, the, the part where the bloke was cutting the bags open and then the other guy asks for his cutter and then when he throws it back, you yeah, know, it's yeah. not him. And it, it, that was okay because that was in the run of things. Yeah. They were doing their job. He was working his way through them. So, yeah, but yeah. And the Raimi boys and all that were out, at, at, you know, cutting meat and all that sort of stuff. That's fine. Yeah. But as but you said, there was a you lot don't of need a lot of it. Nothing that's going on up front. Yeah, that's right. There was a fair bit, and it's bit, like given that the movie's only what eighty-five minutes, roughly. Yeah, just make it eighty. Cut a bit of that shit out at the start and just go with an eighty-minute movie. For mine. Yeah, move one kill to the front. Mm. Cut a little bit of the guff. Yeah, and I reckon you've probably got a bit more of a tighter, more streamlined package. Yeah, that I works would, a little better. I would think so. Going on with the the music. Mm. There's parts of it where it does look a little more amateurish overall, especially with these guys making something like Evil Dead. It was a similar feel, but there was such a kind of energy to that that you didn't really focus on the cheapness of it, whereas this one, yeah. it wasn't so kind of balls to the wall. So as you, as, as you said, when you saw people packing shelves and there was a couple of scenes like the fight that happened, you saw oh, yeah. a little bit of that amateur amateur work come through yeah it was amateur hour that fight was amateur hour like Mm. that was they really should have thought long and hard about that because that really gave it this real cheap it took a bit of the shine off it like when they they get in there and punch craig out i remember i was sitting there and i know i've seen this movie before but i was like oh i didn't realize it was so fucking silly yeah yeah, but it was I've, only because they didn't really know what they were doing, I don't think. Yeah, I've, I had also seen it before. I believe I purchased it on DVD at some point. Okay. And so, yeah, this was, this was coming back to it after a fair old, fair old distance. But, yeah, mm-hmm. that, the direction it, at that point in particular is the low point for mine. The direction in the fight was yeah. just shocking. But, it, of course, it did, um, you know, seeing Sam Raimi walking through the middle and being accosted also made me chortle a little bit when it happened. But, uh, yeah, the scene, yeah, is, the scene itself wasn't so great. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good at all. Unfortunately, the acting's a fair bit, fairly amateur as well. 
uh, in terms of the quality of the actors. Yeah. You know, for me, I was I was thinking to myself, when part-time non-actor Sam Raimi's one of your better performers, mm. you've probably got some acting problems. Correct. Raimi actually comes off as reasonably solid. They did get an Estevez. Um, they got an Estevez, just not the right one. No. So, look, they, they tried, but, um, yeah, agreed. Overall, the cast were a little bit, a little bit uh, lower end. Let's say. Yeah. Look, I actually thought the girl, the main girl, was okay. Yeah, she was okay. She was capable. Craig, enough. terrible. Uh, Craig was all. Yeah, he was. Yeah, fuck Craig. Honestly, he looked. He's strutting around in his leather jacket and everything. And his his main scene is that fight. Yeah. Which. He came off badly in. So, yes. Yeah, he kind of gets. He's not good, and he, he's not the only one. Mm. On that front. There's not much plot, really, is there? No, no, there's very little. It's really just, it's a coat hanger just to hang all the gory bits off. Yeah. I think. And as as we spoke about, we sort of front-ended all with all this Craig stuff. And it's just, like, it, it seemed like we were just faffing around with it when we were doing it and then of course it just gets left for 50 minutes when they proceed to go through and kill everyone which is the best part of the movie and then yeah Craig comes back and we get a little bit more of the story as to what's going on but again it's pretty light so yeah it's it's it doesn't really hang for the 80 minutes no I think this because it doesn't have I think the lack of story is is probably what was to be expected with something like this I mean you look at Let's look at something like Halloween. It's pretty slim on the story too when you really get get into it, but it's it's spread out much better than this was, and and much yeah. more compelling when it needs to be than than something like this is. And it's uh, yeah, I, I I was I was not a fan of the the stuff early on with Craig. No, no. And I mean, I it, got what they were going for. Too much time. I got what they were going for, trying to set up this, you know, he's, this guy's been violent previously. He's going to be the one that's that's doing the deed. But it was pretty clear that it, it didn't seem that that's the way that it was going. But also, Jared, it wasn't really a whodunit at the end no, of the day. No, So, So don't worry about that shit. <laughs> well, like, I don't mind reassess you, your script. I don't mind if you set that Craig stuff up. But that shit could have been done and dusted in 10 minutes, not 30. But Craig should be like Rod Lane, you know? He should walk in and go, up your With the toilet lawnmower, that's right. Exactly. And, yeah, tell his missus where it's at and leave. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if they're having that... He should be the first kill. If they're having that blue a few minutes in... Well, I understand why they didn't, because they wanted to leave it... Yeah. ...leave you with something, but, yeah, we could have... Tossed out something more than than that. No, yeah, exactly. And honestly, Craig, he looks like he's he, he's a young kind of Lorenzo Lamar sort of type. <laughs> <laughs> it just I don't know when you see a guy like that in these films now, and you see you kind of have a look at what passed for the the fucking scary, the scary kind of punk type in those days. You. You kind of giggle a little bit about what what he's yeah. bringing to the table. 
He was a renegade, Jared. He was a renegade. He was a renegade. Absolutely. Yes. But, yeah, jettison Craig early. Either kill him or cut down on the bullshit. Well, you probably would have been able to streamline things. You couldn't kill him. If they're running with the story they're going with, you had to kind of keep him to the end because they were expecting us to believe that he was going to—he was the guy that was doing it all. Yeah, but couldn't you have done this? He starts a bit of a stink in there. He tells her, up, up yours, twirling lawnmower. He's thrown out, and then he sort of he goes around the back, and you don't see him again, and then they find his corpse in the meat locker or something. I think that's sort of what they were going for, but, you know, tossing the little fight in there and then keeping him alive at the end. And keeping having all these shots of him standing there broody yeah, outside. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they went to the door, he's standing there like a... Like a fucking pain in the ass, just hanging out the front of the store. Like, <laughs> just go home, mate. Just, yeah. just get Head out home, of here. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't successful. I understand what they were trying to do, but by by putting him as the only one in the in the firing line, and then you're kind of thinking it's not him anyway. It sort of yeah, it didn't. It wasn't very successful. Yeah, he also commits what would be the biggest laugh in the film for me. He reappears on the scene late when she's being chased. Yeah. And they're in the aisle, and he starts giving us a fucking blow-by-blow explanation as to what's going on. I'm like, you're being chased by a murderer, dipstick. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah, and if you're not careful, you're about to be bashed around with somebody else's head, so... (laughs) You know, you better get moving, mate. Exactly. Get, get Be in a, quiet, duck low. Get in a trolley. Get low and shuffle. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the big problems was the got Bill's reasoning for doing it. Or, oh. It oh. is one of the <laughs> it is one of the funniest motivations for a, a slasher going. Yeah. It's ludicrous. It's a- I lost my small gro- small <laughs> grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I better commit murder. I better kill twenty people. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not go. You know, oh maybe you know. But looking at the size of the supermarket and the fact that he's getting a getting a a check out of it, I don't know. Maybe go and talk to Harold and see if he wants to sell his small supermarket to you or something. <laughs> Yeah, the problem is it's shut down as a pandemic spot. <laughs> Five yeah. minutes after he buys it. <laughs> That's right. But I, I think, um, yeah, it was just so funny when he's sitting there going, this store was my life. It's like, well, oh, Jesus, mate. <laughs> Jesus, Bill, get a life. Yeah. <laughs> For real, get a life, mate. Yep. Uh, quick question too, does Jennifer pee her pants while she's... Hiding from him? Uh, did I, you see that? I did see. Was I, it pee or was it like beer? I don't think it was pee. I think it was something else, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she did. Oh. No, nah, look, look, I didn't see a rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> seen a rat, there's no doubt it was pissed. Yeah, of course. And possibly, you know, given the colour of it, a little bit of a little bit out the other end too. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of it for me. Yeah, I had a couple more. 
So by around okay, the give it to me. by around the kill in the beer fridge, they sort of show the clothing of the killer a couple of times. They show the shirt sleeves and they do it again with the the one with the box crusher and right. And so when you're looking at it, you're like, well, there was only one bloke wearing a fucking. I don't know what seemed to be a navy blue chambray, chambray shirt or flannel or something getting around there. So he was definitely not chambray, mate. That bloke was not a chambray. No, not, not classy he was enough. A fucking flannelette guy. Not classy definitely enough to wear chambray. You know, the classy people, the classy people in that town wear chambray chinos and Colorados as a combo for you know when you, yeah, exactly. you head out to the club. Oh, boat shoes. <laughs> they go to the boat shoes. No, no. <laughs> that, that was another one of my favourites. Oh fuck! <laughs> boat shoes. Christ. <laughs> Oh dear! Was that was that so? Was that so you could get out on the dance floor and do like the fishing line and start reeling people in and stuff? Or is that why you wore your boat shoes? Sarah, yeah, I hate to say it, but I think we might have hit the nail on the head as to why I was not a ladies' man. <laughs> You know, getting out to getting out to shooters and inviting people out to your yacht or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was more at home on a yacht than in a nightclub. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. Boat shoes. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to offset it with some chambray, mate, but it wasn't working. Surprising that. I'm really surprised that it didn't work. <laughs> Oh shit! All right, that's enough of that. Enough of that shit. <laughs> I'm gonna be rocking in the corner in a minute if we're not careful. <laughs> shit! Oh god! Uh, what else you got? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it just look. It made it fairly apparent because. And I know that was later in the piece and it wasn't really, you know, you're already starting to cut down the characters that it could be, but you've gone to mm. some effort to conceal who's actually doing it. So it seems kind Are of you sure there were a couple, of, a couple of flannel wearers? There was a few flannel wearers, but his was like a straight blue. Right. And, and he was the only that one that was wearing... wasn't wearing a flannel, so it That's wasn't right. Him. So it wasn't him, because he was wearing a leather jacket, for fuck's sake. So <laughs> it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a little bit... He was the nightclubs in that get-up, I can tell you now. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's Maybe right. Maybe I should have pivoted to the leather Yeah, yeah. <laughs> later, in, later in life. That's right. Although, if it was leather with boat shoes, you're probably still striking out there. But it's... Uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> Fucking <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> Look, I can't help you, mate. I don't know what to say. I, don't, I didn't even stoop to boat shoes. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't 
Oh, that's stupid, you bad juice. Thank you. Fuck. Jesus. I'm, I'm assuming the only liquid those boat shoes ever dealt with was spilt drinks and vomit too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Correct. In you know, no particular order. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Oh dear. I enjoyed my no, I enjoyed my time not coming, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same. I enjoyed it immensely, but it didn't seem like anyone else did, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, nobody else did, I can tell you right now. Other than that, I felt perhaps the chase at the end, the one on one chase with Bill and Jennifer possibly went a little bit too long. Mm. I uh, probably could have trimmed that just a touch. But my other one was, and I don't know whether this is, I don't know whether you experienced this as well, but now I was okay, and obviously you were too, because we'd seen this before, so we knew who the killer was. But mm. the art that was on Tubi appears to be, from what I know it, is a Fright Rags T-shirt that I think possibly yeah. then ended up as part of the Shout Factory design and whatever. Yeah, but it gives you it gives away who does it. So before uh, yeah. you've even pressed on the movie, if you have a decent look at that picture that's sitting there on Tubi, it's the killer. Yeah. So what are we doing there? I didn't look that closely. Right, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's probably not the Tubi's best work. You were, I didn't look you that closely. Out the, you were checking out the Tubi originals. Instead, I was too busy, yeah, browsing the Tubi originals and and uh, going online to pick up a set of boat shoes. <laughs> but I, yes, it would seem a redundant piece of work if you're going to put that guy front and center yeah. on the cover. Like I understand and then five it, minutes in, you'll meet him. Yeah, I understand it for a Fright Rags T-shirt and even for a Shout Factory box set. If that's what they ended up doing, I don't even know if it got a release, but I think. That's where I get the sense that that's where some of the Tubi ones come from because something like Silent yeah. Night, Deadly Night 2 definitely has the box art from, from Shout Factory. But yeah. if you're trying to keep it in any way mysterious, and, and given that this one's not what I'd say was widely seen, one glance at no. that and there it is. And he comes up on screen within the first few minutes. So you now know it was him. Correct. Even though you're trying to play three-card three, th- three card Monty with us and say Craig did it. That's right. So, it's yeah, not, not a good move, Tubi. No, it wasn't. Stick a, to your originals. It wasn't a good one. Anything else for me? No, that was it for me. Nothing else? Nothing else. All right. Well, that was Intruder. You can find us on Podomatic iTunes, Spotify, and a number of other podcasting platforms send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au like us on facebook at thrillme podcast australia and at podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com we're also on instagram at thrillme podcast au make sure you rate and review us on all the platforms as well to spread the word around keep an eye on the facebook page for more details uh, for the next episode but until then take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later Cheers. Happy sailing. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, 
at ilinet.net.au.